Hi, and welcome to COVID Quickly, a new Scientific American podcast series. This is your fast track update on the COVID pandemic. We bring you up to speed on the science behind the most urgent questions about the virus and the disease. We demystify the research and we help you understand what it really means. I'm Tanya Lewis. And I'm Josh Fishman. And we're Scientific American's senior health editors. Today, after a whole awful year of COVID, we're going to talk about what we did wrong and what we've learned to do right. We'll also be correcting an idea that the new Johnson Johnson vaccine is second rate. And giving you news about some recent developments in COVID medicines. This is not a celebration kind of anniversary, but we're at the one-year milestone of the pandemic. This week is the one-year anniversary of when the World Health Organization first called COVID a pandemic. This time last year, the world was going into lockdowns, borders were closing, and cities became ghost towns. Now we've lost more than 2.6 million people worldwide to this awful disease, including more than half a million in the U.S. alone. I wrote a story about some of the biggest mistakes in the U.S. pandemic response, from not taking the virus seriously, to confusing or inaccurate mask guidance, to failing to protect our most vulnerable people, whether it's the elderly, essential workers, or people of color. These mistakes cost us hundreds of thousands of lives. It's been such a tragedy. Has it only been disaster after disaster? Well, there were some successes, too. Healthcare workers really stepped up to help treat people the best they could. Everyday people took the initiative to help flatten the curve by staying home and wearing masks. And perhaps most impressive of all, several highly effective vaccines were developed in record time, and they all protect against severe disease and death. And now millions of Americans are getting vaccinated every day across the country. In fact, we're already seeing dramatic declines in the numbers of elderly people who are hospitalized and dying from COVID in the U.S., which is at least in part due to the vaccines. So I've been reporting on this topic of COVID now for a year and, and living through it, like all of you. And I've learned a great deal about this virus and about how we respond to it. And I've tried to distill some of those lessons in a story about the pandemic, which is on scientificamerican.com if you want to read it. Speaking of vaccines, Josh, not everyone is totally excited about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. What's going on with that? People are paying a lot of attention to one number from the vaccine trials, 23. Overall, the Moderna-Pfizer vaccines seem 23% more effective than the J&J one, which protects people at about 72%. So some people, like the mayor of Detroit last week, who at first passed on using J&J in his city, but then changed his mind, seem to think that J&J isn't as good. But here's why 23 is misleading it's probably much smaller in real life. The first vaccines were tested early last year when there wasn't a lot of virus around. The J&J vaccine was tested in late fall when there was a lot. A lot means naturally more people get sick. If Pfizer and Moderna were tested now, more people in those tests would get exposed and the vaccine would show a smaller improvement than 23. Plus, we know J&J works against some of the new virus variants, because it was tested after they appeared. And J&J prevented 100% of hospitalizations and deaths, and 85% of severe illness. And that's what you want in a vaccine in the middle of a deadly pandemic, to keep you from needing an ambulance ride to the ICU. What about drugs to treat you if you already have the disease? 
that's a different story, right? And sometimes a pretty frustrating one. Yep. There are not a lot of approved drug options for COVID. It's been a year and we've got the drug remdesivir and two forms of monoclonal antibodies that slow down the virus in your body. They work a bit, but the effects are not major. And there's the steroid dexamethasone, and that helps hospitalize patients who need oxygen or are on ventilators. Well, that's disappointing. But do you know of anything new in the works? Well, an NIH treatment panel recently approved another monoclonal antibody drug, tocilizumab, for hospitalized patients who are having real trouble breathing. The drug damps down inflammation. That's what's behind the breathing distress. But I talked with Lindsay Baden, an infectious disease doctor at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, who said that the drug only works on patients who also get dexamethasone. So you still need both. And he sounded a bit frustrated that there was not a clearer benefit to the drug. Other researchers share this frustration. Some of them are calling on the Biden administration to start supporting medicine development the same way it supports vaccines. Biden did just sign an executive order telling the federal government to come up with a plan to test more medicines. That seems like a step in the right direction. You are now up to speed. Thanks for joining us. Come back in two weeks for the next episode of COVID Quickly and check out Siam.com for updated and in-depth COVID news. <laughs>